good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 198 of uh, Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. And uh, it, 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 is, it is a comic book movie, kind of, uh, this week, and we're, we're covering Logan. So we are joined by our uh, cor- correspondent, Mr... No Mella, hello. Uh, so yes, so we're chatting Logan, and uh, we're also going to chat, uh, do a little bit of the, a bit of a Bill Paxton tribute uh, section where we're going to talk about one false move, uh, a movie where had either of you guys seen it before uh, this week? No, I had not. I hadn't either. No, no. The uh, the majesty of what's her name, who who plays the lead actress in it, I I had not been made aware of before. Yes, I have not been aware of that. And it, it seemed to be, it was a bit strange because when the sad passing of Bill Paxton happened um, on Sunday, um, it, it was it was one that a lot of people started talking about. And I was looking at going, shit, why haven't, why haven't I seen that? So in your that? fucking wheelhouse, it's untrue as well. And it is, like, yeah. And then I, I started watching it going, how have I not seen this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're also going to chat some trailers, uh, if there have been any. Uh, we're going to do some what we've been watching, and uh, I think we've got a couple of Twitter questions in there as well. And there'll be the usual uh, tangents, I am sure. Um, so, yeah, before we get into trailers, is there, is there anything that's actually happened? Do we have to mention the Oscars? Do we? Oh, no, those people have done that. Fuck that. Fuck it. Thank, really, I'm, I'm really, I know it, it happened like less than a week ago, and already I am so fucking bored of it. The, actually, yeah, so I'm glad we're not going to talk about that. Is there anything else that's happened in the magical movie world uh, that we need to talk about? Game.co.uk can go fuck themselves, not movie related. Yes, but, um, have, they, have they still not uh, sent you your Switch? No, I picked one up from Argos yesterday. Like, it was just oh. like... So you've cancelled your game then? Well, they they haven't even... I haven't even cancelled it yet because they, they won't reply. To, well, I, I've sent a thing saying, right... You told me I was going to have it Saturday before midday. I've had nothing from the courier or yourselves after the fact. I don't care how you get it back, but you cancel my order and refund me my money. Um, so if if games send you out your Nintendo Switch, mm. you're going to send it back, yeah. which technically means the wager that we nearly had, I would have won. <laughs> That's such a fucking technicality, it's untrue, Noel. But yeah, I suppose you're right. It, it, it is right, actually, yeah. Within a week. <laughs> oh, shut your mouth. Within a day. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a, I do have a question on the Switch, though. Go on. How does it How does it taste? Oh, it tastes lovely. <laughs> um, okay. Do you know? Yes. Right. Explain this. What? Because <laughs> I just I just hit up on a video of you putting a game cartridge in your mouth and going, oh, oh, it does taste horrible. And thinking, what did you expect? Right. So, reports have been circling online prior to the Switch coming out about the ge- the, the game cards tasting bad. <laughs> How uh, people find that? Yeah, you, that's... Yes. You see, this is the thing. I'm an idiot, but I'm not the idiot who actually, like, found out. Yeah. You know, so there's that. But, basically, they are coded <coughs> in, in some substance to ward children off of eating them oh so it's intentional yes ah right all right well that i I can i can they're coated in that 
I can see why people would have tried it then if that was a feature of but, but Nintendo only confirmed that after reports started going around online about how they taste bad. And then someone <laughs> actually went and like some website actually went to Nintendo to get like their thoughts on it and it was just like, yeah, we do it on purpose. Uh, that, 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 that is such a Nintendo thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, it, it is very odd. You, you see, my, my reaction in that video is in no way staged. It <laughs> hits you. It is the weirdest thing. It's just like a... Is it like that? Is it like that stuff that you put on your fingernails to stop you from... A- apparently very similar. It's very right. spicy. Oh, okay. Um, All right. But it really stays on your tongue. I had a massive glass of Coke Zero after, and it was still there. I could still feel it. Um, I've also confer- I've, I've, I've confirmed that it's not just Zelda that tastes like that. One, two, Switch also tastes like that, because I did it again. It's a shame they didn't give them all slightly different flavours because then you could, set, you could set up a whole other website then and just run sort of like like reviews on the flavour of, of each one. It would no, it would have been nice. They, they, they tasted the same. It could be like the new craft ale. Yeah, there'd be some kind of like pop up Nintendo cartridge tea star in fucking Greenwich yeah. and pop up on it. <laughs> But, uh, but yes, there you go. So game can go fuck themselves. Good work, Argos. And Zelda Breath of the Wild is every bit as good as everyone's saying it is. That that game's going to eat my life. And move on. <laughs> Did you literally just walk into Argos and pick one up? No, I um. But on on Friday, I was just like, I've got a bad feeling about this because it wasn't just me. It was being reported like on video game websites that game fucked up um mm. and i i was just like right i'm not sure about this so they sent me a dm saying you'll have it sat like tomorrow by midday you've been upgraded to saturday delivery and i actually dm them saying well that's a poor choice of words because you've upgraded me you've upgraded me to having it the day after i was supposed to mm. thanks well <laughs> done um and then they didn't reply to that surprisingly um so i was just like sod it i reserved one in argos and paid for it on a credit card, and it was just like, right, well, if game come through, I just won't pick it up in Argos, and they can refund me. But then at least I know I've got one because they were like as fast as you could reserve one. They like it was like it's not available anymore. So right. it was, there was just like sod it, I'm going to do that. So did that, didn't turn up on Saturday. Like DM'd game, didn't hear anything back. Apparently, they're notorious for this as well. I found out after. Apparently, like pretty much every big pre-order thing that they do goes wrong. Um, so yeah, I just picked it up from Argos and and job done. Um, I will say, actually, chan- tangentially, uh, one of the websites I write for, Screen Jabber, they asked me to do an unboxing, so I've done an unboxing. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can see my attempt at doing an unboxing in my kitchen. Um, it's actually on Screen Jabber now, apparently. Um, it, it, yeah. So, if anyone is, a t- I like what I, unboxings. I don't know why people watch them, but it, it's a thing. So I, I did one because it, it, I was it, asked it, to. It, it is a thing, and I, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I got, a, I went into. You know, when you go down the fucking the YouTube fucking rabbit hole, mm. I once went on a, a YouTube video and realised that 
for something to do with uh, my phone and realised that I'd then watched uh, about 10 unboxing videos of this woman just unboxing uh, various different Apple products and then taking them apart. And I was like, has this developed it as some kind of weird fetish now where I'm getting a little bit turned on by this woman um, like, taking apart an iPhone and then taking apart a what is it? Am I more interested in the things being taken apart or am I more being turned on by the fact that this is a hot woman doing it? I'm not quite sure. I so I, the, I, the worst kind of confused boner I've had in my life. It was really fucking bizarre. But I was there for about two, three hours. There's something for everyone out there, isn't there? Oh, there is. Uh, yes, the, 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 the uniqueness of the fetishes get, get worse and worse. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, trailers. Um, what has everyone seen this week? Um... I know. I, oh fuck me! What the fuck's that? Bloody old trailer addict! Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, right. Um, I guess the big one is Covenant, isn't it? Or did you do that last time? No, we didn't. I don't think we did. No, we? I don't think. No, 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 we didn't because it came out like last week and we did playing it forward last week, didn't we? Um, oh yeah. I'm so like manic depressive with the marketing <laughs> of this film. It's untrue. Like because the posters are amazing. This new trailer was alright, but the first trailer and the, the prologue film, I w- was not a fan of. Um, this, I, I mean, God, if it's as grim as the posters and the second trailer make it out to be, I'm all in. If it's mm. as kind of referential and almost in-jokey as the first trailer and the prologue are... I'm hard out, so I've got no idea. The thing is, though, if I'm just three out of five on Alien Covenant, then it's going to be an improvement on Prometheus. So, you know, there you have it. That, that's it. I, I'm I'm still weirded out by the uh, the hair choice for um, for Catherine Waterston, um, and that's kind of that and Prometheus. Despite the fact that I've really liked uh, Muddy Scott's past couple of movements, uh, you know, I've, I've really liked. Uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I was really underrated, and The Martian was brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I really, I don't know what to think of this film. The first trailer made it look just like a straight up, straight to BOD alien horror movie, mm-hmm. uh, and then this trailer makes it look more like an alien world movie. But Prometheus was an alien world movie, and it was terrible. It just, so I'm it, confused. It makes me laugh how Ridley Scott was like, there's going to be three or four films before you even get to the alien. And then it's mm-hmm. like, Prometheus got received so badly, it's like, yeah. oh, sod it, just give them what they want. Yeah. Bex made a, a, a good point about it. It was, um, it's not very often you get to see the alien out in the light. That's yeah, what like the shot at the end? You mean like yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good, it's a good shot. Well, you know, usually you get to see it and it's shrouded in darkness, and you get to see bits of it, and you get to see the glistening. You just get to see it, just fucking, just ragging at something, going rah. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Well, you see, that's Ooh. the thing. In, in you don't get to see the alien very much in Alien and Aliens, but when you get to Alien Three and Alien Resurrection, so is the fact that we're seeing so much of it in such an early trailer, is that a worry? Is it going to be a bit too visual? I mean, the thing, I'll be honest with you, I'm well in for these trailers. You know how I felt about Prometheus. I fucking hated it. I've never watched it again since. I've just, it's a black mark that I've forgotten about that film. 
So I was fully expecting uh, Covenant, even though this is, you know, Ridley Scott going, oh, yeah, give them what they want. Um, I was fully expecting to not be in for this. And the more I see, yes, the poster was, the first poster was fantastic. The second poster was was pretty good. Um, That first scene thing um, I actually quite liked. And then this trailer seems to be doing it for me. But at the same time, I want Alien. I don't want Aliens. And I certainly don't want Alien 3 or 4, even though I actually quite like Alien 3 and 4. I like Alien 3. Yeah, so it's, you know, um, um, I think I'm torn as well, to be honest. But uh, I've got a lot more faith than I had before. I'll say that much. Mm. I've, I've got more hope than faith. Faith, yes, hope, that's right. Yeah, that's that's the yeah. right way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's um, that spot. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, faith, faith is definitely not the right word. Yeah. I mean, look, with not long, what, like two and a half months? It, you know, summer movie season's coming quick, man. It's, right, I'll soon be here. Yeah, it's kind of fucking weird. I mean, I suppose we'll get into it later, but the fact that it's March and we've got a King Kong film next week and we've already had an X Men universe film. It's very, very odd. Very odd. Um, it just kind of feels like so, like summer movie season is now about five months. <laughs> well, it is. It's from, it's from March, really, now, isn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, like it used to be like quite late March. Like I remember last year, Batman vs. Superman was like the first big one, and that was the last weekend of March. And I think the only reason why that was was because uh, it was Easter weekend. Um but now you've got Logan just appearing in in March, and I think maybe because of the R rating and whatnot. But that, I mean, then again, I mean, I, I think it made I, I think it made about eighty five million in, in the US. Would it have made that in May? Maybe not. If it if it's a more crowded market, I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting. I mean, it, Christ, you got Beauty and the Beast in a couple of weeks as well. I mean, it's just. It's three weeks of really, really big films in a row, and it's not summer. It feels odd to me. The thing is, if you think about last year, though, and, and you know, th- there's there's a few ways that Deadpool was an influence on on Logan that we'll probably get into. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think even in terms of of release date, I think they're more willing to take that gamble, having not spent two hundred million, having only spent you know. 130 or whatever it was to go all right well we can push this a little bit earlier avoid the um avoid the sort of the blob of blockbusters that's in the middle of the year and go for something a little bit closer to what we did with with deadpool and because it seemed to work out for us last time so um yeah by the looks of things it, it has worked out so yeah um Moving on, Deadpool then. Uh, Deadpool teaser, uh, Deadpool 2 teaser trailer. Uh, what did we think? Went on a little bit too long um, for me, to be honest, um, considering it is essentially one joke. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it still made me laugh. That's yeah, about fun. all I've got to say. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, so it, 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 it's, it, it's not going to be in the movie. It's it's a it's a little. Well, I very much doubt it's going to be in a movie. It seems more like a little short film. The, uh, the thing is, I think we've seen so much. We've seen so many like extra little clips and extra little bits and extra little knickknacks and stuff like that of Deadpool in the run up to Deadpool and mm. then with Deadpool and then following Deadpool with sort of extra scenes and stuff like that. That this kind of just feels like oh, it's another one of them. And and 
you can sit there and enjoy it and go, yeah, I'm fully in because I'm, I was fully in with the last film and all the other clips, but it doesn't feel necessarily like, here comes Deadpool 2. It just feels no. like a continuation of, of what it does. It, 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 yeah. you know, I'm happy for that. It, it feels like what we're going to get steadily over the next year is going to yeah. be every few months, we're going to get Deadpool reminding us that he's still around. Now and that, they'll, they'll do that. That, uh, that concerns me, actually. Like, I, I, I don't know if I need that much. I think they should probably just sit on it a little bit and and just, just, just make the film now. Uh, you know. I, I reckon it wouldn't have happened. They wouldn't have put one out now. But I think the fact that they wanted to tag it on to... To Logan. Yeah, to Logan. Totally. Definitely. I think that was that that was it. So yeah. Um, did anyone else watch any other trailers? I know. Uh, I... Uh, one one thing I just wanted to say about that. My favourite thing of the whole thing was the fact that the um, the YouTube description on the official page. I'm trying to find it, but it was something like um, Deadpool and the other sisters of the, the traveling pants travel to something cove. <laughs> something. I mean, it was very very weird. Um, but that... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I think the thing a lot of people are focusing on, I mean, yes, it's a scene, and yes, it's it's funny, and it's got that sort of Deadpool kind of humour, and it's got a reference to true romance in it, and it's got a reference to this in it, and, and stuff like that. There is a lot of graffiti that's peppered throughout yeah. the, the video as well that references different things. So um, there's a reference to Cable being on the way. That's one big one. But there's also a lot of other little bits and bats around um, that are either um, highlighting potential Marvel Universe connections or X-Men Universe connections, or they're trolling people to, to think that that's a thing. And then there's that whole sort of essay at the end of it, which is... Seems to be nothing really related, but it is intended to kind of make people go, "Oh, maybe it means this, or maybe it means that." So that's kind of fun as well. Like you know, I'm happy for them to do that kind of thing. Yeah, Wade and the other girls from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Plat Pants plan a trip to Cabot Cove. That is what the YouTube description for the official trailer says. That's great. Sorry, which just sounds like what's what I like. It's quite nice what this is. They still seem like they're just kind of taking the piss. Yeah. Almost making it up a little bit as they go along with with the marketing bits and just going, oh, did you know it's like, did you know it's Australia Day? We should do an Australia Day video. And doing it stuff like that, it, it, that kind of makes sense. Um, Guardians, I think, is the other one, the other big one that came out this, this week. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, was it the second trailer? Um, what do we think? I think it looks like just a lot of fun again. Um, yeah, I, I'm enjoying the direction of it. I'm enjoying the music. I'm enjoying the gang. I'm enjoying seeing other members of the gang brought a bit. Uh, Mantis, I'm not that bothered about, but you know, bringing Yondu into it a little bit more, into the team a little bit more, definitely. Baby Groot, I'm not that fussed either way about at this point. Um which it looks like it looks like more of the same, and that's fine with me. Yeah, that is it. A concern that I've got is that the that the baby group thing they might overdo it. But then again, with it being James Gunn, I've got a little bit more concern. I've got a little bit more sort of faith in him that he might go. Do you know what? You can you can use baby group to market the shit out of it. You yeah, can put him in all the fucking trailers, but he's only going to be in the film as much as I want him in the film. 
Mm. And I very much think that, that James Gunn's in the position or is the, the character a go, no, I'm not going to use this marketing tool as to tell my story when I want that thing to tell my story, I have that thing to tell my story. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it in the, 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 the scene with the sort of button and stuff like that is fine. Um, it's just I can imagine if it does, you know, if they jar jar him and just sort of like fire him mm. into every other scene and just have him sort of babbling and being cutesy in the background, it might just, it's time taken away from spending time with the, you know, the team and, and, and other characters that I enjoy. So uh, I get it, you know, sell a few toys, that's fine. But hopefully James Gunn is, is, uh, will keep it in check. And I think like you say, I can imagine, I can imagine he would. Yeah. Cool. Are we are we now uh, at the point of of where we we get into the main event? Any other uh, oh, trailers? Um, oh, yeah. Go on. Go on now. Go on, Ian. What were you going to say? I was just very quickly the new Pirates of the Caribbean film. Oh yeah, I've not watched that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I will watch it at some point. The film, but I won't. So it's just nobody fucking wants it. Like nobody cares. And is that true though? Care. Is that true though, or will it do fucking super it, numbers? It, do you know what? It, it'll, it'll do decent numbers, but it's it's one of those things people will go and see it because it exists rather than actually wanting it to happen. I tell you, who does want it? <laughs> Johnny Depp wants Depp. it. <laughs> Johnny Depp wants it. Yeah. Johnny Depp needs it. Johnny Depp. No, the, new accountant know. wants it. <laughs> there's, there's quite a funny bit at the end of the trailer about um, a girl stripping off and a guy's trying to like Enjoy that punching her. talk her out of it. Well, yeah. And Johnny Depp just wanting her to continue, which made me laugh. But yeah, no, you're quite right. Johnny Depp wife puncher. So. Alleged. Um, Let's keep that as alleged. <laughs> alleged. How, would, how the fuck would I know? Breaking news, I have discovered that Johnny Depp is a wife puncher. How? Because internet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Alleged. Alleged. Oh. For fuck's sake, alleged. Jesus. <laughs> we never know who listens to this. We don't know who Vin Diesel knows. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I do have one more, actually. I watched the, I watched the trailer for Cars 3 which I think was end of February, so um, so maybe a week or two back now. And yeah, it kind of confirms what, what, what I thought and what we all probably thought, is that that first trailer was indeed a one-off and this is just Cars 3. Yeah. <laughs> so, so don't get too excited. But the yeah. thing is, I, would never have, I wouldn't have even normally bothered to watch it, but I just wanted to confirm for myself that this was just Cars 3 and not fucking... <laughs> Cars apocalypse now, um, and yeah, it's just going to be Cars three, folks. That's all. Yeah, there's, there's nothing to see here unless you have a child who wants to see Cars three, and then you have to watch it over yeah. and over and over and over. And do you know what? I don't have a child who wants to watch Cars three, so I think it's great. Um, Logan, a movie we've we've all been very much uh, looking forward to. Um, 
It stars Hugh Jackson. Uh, he's directed by James Mangold, also written by James Mangold, Scott Frank and Michael Green. Uh, also stars Patrick Stewart, Richard E. Grant, Boyd Holbrook, Stephen Merchant, and I think an introducing, was it, uh, Daphne Keane? Indeed. Yes. Um, it is... Actually, you know what? Actually, I'm going to give this to you. No, I think you will be better given as a synopsis to this as somebody who's actually read the Old Man Logan uh, graphic novels. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a film that, obviously, as you say, we were all very, very much looking forward to. It felt like we were going to get um, uh, a film that respect a comic book movie that respected its audience for the first time. Um, we've been kind of promised that before a little bit, um, and this film, you know, felt very much like we were going to get it. But there was always that worry, you know, are we actually going to get that, or is that just what what what's been marketed to us? Um, James Mangold uh, with the last Wolverine film, everybody was expecting something. I think something different to what they actually got. You know, mm. there's nothing wrong with the Wolverine; it's fine, but. Early on, you know, that was a film that was going to be directed by, um, what's his name? Um, Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky at one point, and then it was passed on to him, and they were talking about going back to certain books and certain timelines and certain uh, storylines. And, you know, they kind of did it, but they didn't kind of commit to it fully. Um, They uh, talked a lot about Old Man Logan. I mean, just calling it Logan is, is kind of a nod towards that. And it is a film that's in the aesthetic sort of styling of that book. Uh, the story borrows just a tiny, tiny little bit, um, but ignores some of the wider stuff that's going on in in, in that story, obviously because they don't have access to certain characters and stuff like Hawkeye and Hulk. Um, so, you know, they do sort of nod to it a little bit in terms of style. Um, and what they've delivered... Uh, is something which I really, really enjoyed. Um, and, oh, God, I sounded like Donald Trump then. And I'm, did it, didn't that sound a bit Donald Trump? Is that... <laughs> is that I, I really, really not, paranoid, but I think you're all right. Okay. Uh, it's a great movie. You should go see it. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> that did. <laughs> uh, but, no, they've, they've given us something that um, taps into Old Man Logan, delivers a story... Uh, and it's great, and I really enjoyed it. There's one little thing about it that's bugging me, which feels like a, a compromise, which we'll get onto later. And I've kind of gone. I, I came out of the I came out of the film walking on air, and then I started to think more about this one thing that feels like a compromise, and it sort of bugged me a bit. And then I've kind of thought to myself, well, actually, no, it's just a tiny little thing, so don't worry about it too much. And I've kind of gone back and forward on it but it's the one thing that's stopping it for me from being everything that I wanted it to be. Um, so, you know, I'm being picky, but it's it, overall it is it is great. Ian, thoughts? Cracking. So, um, yeah, I mean, as someone who knows nothing about Old Man Logan or anything like that, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I like my comic book movies. I'm a very cursory comic book person, generally, though. Um yeah, I had a good, t- a very, very good time with Logan. It, um, all spoilers all the time. Uh, there's a five-minute period where I was very worried it was going to go beyond Thunderdome. Um, and <laughs> there, there, I don't know. There was a little bit of cognitive dissonance between what had come before 
and the kind of the setup for that whole situation, which I yeah, not massive on to be honest. Um, but aside from that, um, I mean, it sets its stall very very quickly. Um, I mean, the the first word is fuck. Um, yeah. It, I I did notice like they were kind of like tumbling out with the f words early early on, and I think it kind of eased up a little bit. It did ever so slightly feel like an excitable child discovering a new word for the first. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can agree with that. Like the first twenty minutes or so, um, but you know, I mean, it's yes, it's fun to have them talking normally though, you know. So so hey, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, I. I found it really intense, um, which, considering the story is essentially of a of a of a man, well, two old men dying, um, is 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 quite interesting. I think um, Daphne Keane is great. Uh, she's really, really fucking good in this. Um, Richard E. Grant, I thought, did his thing well. I I liked that. Richard E. Grant is. You know, in a villain role, I'd be a bit worried about it being. Cheesy. I was worried. I yeah. was worried that he got he got he'd go too Richard E. Grant, yeah. and he mm-hmm. doesn't. He keeps it. He he reads the situation of the film he's in very very well. Yeah, and I mean, like you've already got two other bad guys in Boyd Holbrook and, um, like CG de-aged or just. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it was. I, yeah, but I mean, in in X twenty four, is that him? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so in him and Boyd Holbrook, I think you had good enough villains, and then you got Richard E. Grant just basically being the scientist. You know, I mean, I, I like. You know, the the film pretty much admits his his role in the film in his in his dispatching. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you know. So hey. Um, no, seriously. I mean, the, the 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 Wolverine stuff towards the end. Like, it, was that just? Is that CG de aging, or is it? Because I know, like, of Hugh Jackman obviously had quite a bit of looking haggard makeup. Mm. So is it just think, that he had I, the other think, way round makeup for the other bit? Uh, the I, other think it's, I think it's it's a mixture of both. Because I mean, it's uh, very sorry, sorry, it's yeah. very good. If mm. it is de aging, it's very good. Because he's he's like in light quite a bit, like in in the climax for sure, um, and it almost yeah. I mean, it kind of felt like they just took his head from the first X Men and put it on the body of a really buff younger person. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yeah, really good. Uh, Mark, your thoughts? Um, I I think it's it, it, it's fantastic. Um. It was like no, said it was. It was everything we kind of we hoped it was going to be, and then you know you, you worry that maybe you've been fooled again by marketing. Uh, but it's very like again, like you said, it, it sets its style out very quickly. Um, and um, yeah, like it sets that style very quickly and kind of goes right. We're going to have the violence. We're going to have the f bombs. We're going to have all of this kind of issued out and sort of polished off sort of quite quickly to let people know. This isn't a, this isn't an X Men movie that you've been used to. It isn't even a Wolverine movie that you've been used to. This is a different movie. Um, and then 
it slows down from there and you, you know when when the the credits rolling up and you see Rich D. Grant there and I thought ooh is he going to be the thing that tips it the wrong way Stephen Merchant is he going to be the thing that tips it the wrong way and then as they start to go in you know Rich D. Grant's fine Stephen Merchant I thought was actually really very good in it uh, at what he did you know this is a man who, who's comedy I can't get on with I don't like his whole stick of being awkward and really tall um he plays the character really well and he has a few almost comedic lines, but they're personality comedic lines uh, within the movie that work quite well. Uh, I thought Boyd Holbrook is very good um, as the, the asshole villain. Um, it works really well. And like you say, it's intense, it's sad, and it's, it's a very sort of fitting tribute to uh, these two characters that, these two people have played for nearly 20 years now um and it, it feels right and it felt right and remember guys we are all spoilers all the time but i didn't know i had a very strong feeling that, that logan was going to die in it but i wasn't sure i'd avoided everything uh to do with it because i wanted to go in as cold as i could uh, i didn't think um uh, that patrick stewart died in it um, which was based on an interview I, I did see a headline where Patrick Stewart said it's it probably the last time that I'll do Press Rex I thought well if it's probably the last time then he's what is it and then I, I completely forgot about the fact that the timeline for this could just fucking fly wherever it wants <laughs> you can say so, you completely forgot that this is an X-Men movie exactly they'll do yeah. whatever the fuck they want <laughs> and then I remember, I remember that um, when he died and I thought well oh, of course um, so I didn't know but then the minute the children started cutting his what is it? The beard to be the Wolverine beard. At that moment, it hit me in like it hit me in my chest. But it went, oh shit! I'm about to watch Wolverine die. Fucking hell! I don't think I'm ready for this. And then it happens. And the fact that it happens in the way it happens, they don't overblow it. It happens in that way. I thought it worked really fantastically. And then it fucking killed me when she turns the the, the cross onto a side to make an X. I was like. Oh god, it's happened! Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was surprised at how somber it was, um, and how somber it was allowed to be. And it does seem very much like this is the movie that James Mangold wanted to make, and this is the movie that um, that Hugh Jackman wanted to close Logan out with and close Wolverine out with. And the studio kind of went, "Do you know what?" this is the right time to do this movie. We can get away with doing this movie and having this movie as being the last in your... If this is, if this is the last time you're going to do it and you're not going to do anything else, you're not going to do another Wolverine incarnation um, unless we give you this, we can make this work now. Uh, it, it's the right time to do it and I think that they tick it off really quite well. Uh, I was surprised how brutal it got at points as well. But I'm glad by it all. I think it's it's definitely the thing that I like the most about it is it's a it's a lesson um, for 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 studios about comic book movies to to trust the audience and to kind of say um, you know don't be so um, worried about what you're going to do next. Just give people um, give people a story and give people some character development and give people mood and atmosphere 
um, and en- engage them in in what's going on in, in in this individual universe, rather than just throw in as many visuals and costumes and uh, brightly coloured, whizzy roundy things as possible. Um, and you know that's something that I've wanted for a very very long time. I I enjoyed the last X Men film, um, and I enjoyed the last Avengers film. But what I don't want is more climaxes like that. I want to spend time with with characters that I love, and I've always felt that there is a wealth of stories out there that they could draw from to tell interesting stories and just trust the audience and trust that the audience know who this person is, know what he's about, um, and and you know show some of who he is and you know what's behind the claws if you like, um, and I think they've definitely done that. My only issue with it uh, was and you've kind of touched on it already Ian uh, I could have done without double double Wolverine um, that's that's my only complaint and this is not a, it's not a complaint you know this isn't the Rogue One complaint again I don't have an issue with seeing a, a, a de-aged character or a, a CG character if, if or a CG enhanced character or whatever it was because it, it felt very realistic to me that's not the issue it's just to have worked so hard and to have taken such a risk and to have just said, all right, we're just going to tell a story. We're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a, a, a family drama at the center of this. We're going to have, you know, almost this sort of like little miss sunshine type road trip thing where we're just spending time with these characters on the road and then to get them to a certain point and then just go. And now's the bit where he has to fight another thing. That's just like him, but possibly stronger. And it's like, oh God, you, you didn't need to do that. Like we were, everything was going so right. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a good thematic point in him and and Professor X being killed by like literally like almost like the sins of his past made flesh or something. Um, maybe, but it, maybe I'm just boiling it down to one thing too much. But it's just, you know, we've already we've got weakened characters who are on the back foot who are trying to get you know they're trying like wolverine's he's got to just he just wants to make sure she's all right and he just wants to get her to a point of safety and in doing that like he could have made a sacrifice somehow that would have allowed him to achieve that without it having to basically come down to you know the same Iron Man type, and now they have to fight somebody just like them, kind of thing. I mean, very literally in this case. So maybe I'm just boiling it down too much, but I could have done without it. It just it felt like a compromise, and it it, it made the film feel feel almost like a film of two halves, where you know it it became a little bit more, um, it became a little bit less daring and a little bit less sure of itself uh, in in. In doubling up on the Wolverine, maybe I don't. Know. That's, that's I think I, I, I can I can absolutely see your, your point there. So I, I felt a little bit like that. What what I liked about it was that it, it had the bravery to not have him have the redemption of well, next time he'll be able to beat on his own. He couldn't. It beat mm. him, um, and it was it, it it was only chance and you know, the fact that the, the, the um, little girl was there. Uh, that, that managed to save it, and it, it, it kind of again, it, it, it felt right. It was, 
it was part of it, it added to the it being Wolverine's time. You know that it, it was Logan's time. He was he was no longer able to to live the life that he'd lived. He was no longer able to do to do the good. And you know, it doesn't it doesn't over explain everything like a lot of the time you get with with these movies do it it never felt the need to do that it kind of it dispensed with that and went do you know what we don't have to we don't have to have a big explanation about why he's dying it's just he basically at one point says to rich d grant it's this stuff and it's the stuff that's poisoned me and rich d grant says probably yes mm. that's it and it's like okay that's it it's it's dispensed of we don't we don't get a Rich Lee Grant saying, well, what we could do is we could do this and this, because it's actually it's this coming from this, and him going, oh, well, maybe we could do that. And then him finding a vial of it and going, oh, well, I can take that, and that will get me back to being Wolverine, because it'll fight. We, we don't have that, whereas if this movie had been made five years ago, that's what would have happened. And we don't have that. It's, it, it's still... They've, they've set out to, to finish a story, and that's what they've, they've, they've done. They've finished it very well. And it's, you know, it's testament to the fact that we've got a Wolverine movie that costs less than $100 million. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. amazing. But they've still marketed, I think, like like it's a it's a big movie. You know, it, like it, it's one that's come out in May and has cost $200 million. They've still gone. Well, do you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. But let's be honest. How many under 15s go and see it anyway? I think a huge thing that Fox can take away from this is is the is confidence and and mm. you know they're they're now the legacy that this film leaves behind is not just a legacy of you know what a great send off for this character which of course it is it's a legacy of oh actually you know what we can we can we can just make good stories around these characters and those stories mm. don't have to you know like the story this week about uh avengers 3 and 4 are going to cost a billion uh, that doesn't surprise me at all but that doesn't necessarily have to be the way things go we can now make That's... from smaller characters if we need to we can now make a, a 100 million dollar um i don't know uh movie about one individual x-man or one individual mutant or one individual superhero over here and you can you can expect to get that back or double your money at least. And I think I think it's going to give Fox a confidence that they well, they really need because because as much as I love the X the last X Men movie, and I, I'll say again, I really did love it. As much as I love that, it's going through the motions, and we need to break away and do something different. And that's what. Well, the thing is, it is what 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 films like Deadpool and Logan have proved is that. <laughs> The blockbuster, um, 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, when the first X-Men movies came out, the blockbuster cost, the, the big, huge, tempo blockbuster, cost 75 to $100 million. They now cost $200 million to $250 million. In reach, it's a $300 million. So the studio uh, movies that used to cost 30 to $50 million are now... 60 to 100 million dollar movies and those movies used to be historically those 60 to uh, those 30 to 60 million dollar movies they used to be where you used to get films that were going to be an r-rated film but and they were going to and they were going to be for that and they weren't looking to make 500 million to a billion dollars they were looking to make 
$300 million or $200 million. Mm-hmm. They were looking to make smaller numbers. And that's kind of what Deadpool and Logan have proved is that it's the evolution of, of the comic book movie um, is that it, it's it's the evolution of it's the way comics went. Comics started out uh, as being for kids. And then when those kids who grew up reading those comics grew up, they started wanting to write them about bigger issues and go across to sideways things and go, well, hang on a minute. These, Yes, I'm an adult. I still enjoy comics. Why can't I do a comic that is for adults that children don't have to read? And it, it, it's bouncing around that. And it, it, it's it's been branching off. And it's it's saying, right, well, comic book movies, they're now, they're a, they're a genre that's now got sub-genres. So you've got your blockbuster comic book movie. You've got your animated comic book movies. And now you've got your you you know you're adult you're you're more r-rated comic book movies and you have got adult comic book movies there are out there there is there will be you know there's an avengers porn parody and things like that so you've got all of these different genres spiking off from movies comic book movies and then you've got all of these branching off and <clears throat> what logan and deadpool have proved is that the r-rated comic book movie isn't it has moved on from the likes of fucking Blade Trinity and Punisher and things like that and has made him go, you can do this. You know, Marvel can look at it now and go, well, hang on a minute. We can do a Punisher movie now where we don't have to. We don't have to have him. You know, he could crop up in the Marvel Universe, but why do we have to do that? Why can't we have him off doing something fucking seedy and have it as an R-rated movie, cast John Fernandale and make it for... 75 to 100 million dollars and expect it to make 250 300 million dollars and be fucking happy with it rather than sanitize it and make it for 150 million dollars and try and make 700 million dollars i think it's about being less precious as well because yeah um one thing that um uh kevin smith was talking about recently he does does have his moments um <laughs> but one thing kevin smith was, smith was talking about recently was talking about uh in relation to batman being less precious about these individual films and you don't have to worry and go, all right, once every four years or once every X number of years, we're going to make this one massive Batman movie and it's going to cost, you know, $300 million and it's got to be the best thing ever because if it's not, then this is just, oh, we've got all this stuff that's stacked on top of it that it has to work and if it doesn't, you know, and if the, if, if the criticism goes a little bit one way, then it's going to go even more that way because of the internet and now this... Batman movie that we've made is a disaster. Oh, what are we going to do? We have to start all over again. Just, just, just take it down a peg and go. You know what? Make a Batman movie over here and make it for a hundred million dollars. Make, make the Batman Street movie over here for a hundred million dollars. And then in two years' time, go and make your big Justice League Batman movie. And then in four years' time, go and make, uh, you know, a Batman noir movie. Uh, yeah. there, you know, you just just throw it about. You, you, we've already got the Lego Batman movie that came out this week. That's not a canon. That's not a canonical Batman movie. That's just a Batman movie that's set yeah. in a different universe. It's it's set in the Lego universe. It makes jokes and references the other universe, but it is in its own style and in its own thing. And bang, you know, two hundred fifty million worldwide or whatever it did. So just don't. We don't need to worry so much because there's. Logan, this movie could have just been a one-off story. It, you know, it, it, it didn't. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be pulled into any universe or any wider, you know, ten-year, twenty-year plan. Marvel has changed the game, and I appreciate it. But it doesn't mean everything has to 
be tentpole and be fit into some massive sort of timeline that's going to cost billions over no. the next 20 years. No, and I mean, Fox are doing some interesting stuff. I mean, not, not just with, with Deadpool and Logan, but I mean, you've got something like Legion, which um, Fox are working with Marvel on. Um, mm. And they've got, a, they've got another show that's like going to have a pilot this year as well and I mean Legion I don't know if either of you have seen it I watched the first I've episode. not watched it yet no I've got few of them to watch yeah. I'll, I'll be honest I don't think I don't think I'll be sticking with it um, but that's more me than the show um, it kind of feels like work to me but right. if you're into that work I'm sure it will be very stimulating um, just because it's very very like the first episode at least was very esoteric um like really gets you into his mind and it's all over the fucking place um and and i mean that's that's bold but i i'm not sure i could i could watch it every week i i i would say um but that's the thing i mean like this is fox who nine years ago when X-Men Origins Wolverine came out were being decried as the worst thing ever. Um, mm. it was, it was a film where production executives ordered the repainting of sets against the director's wishes. A bit like, and that's how pernickety they were, they were getting about things. You know, they were going to do an old X-Men Origins thing all over the place. And then first class came along and that was only, two years later and kind of flipped the script really. I mean that that film I love X-Men First Class as a as a director's vision in a superhero film. It's one of the most distilled you get. Um and you know they they've had they've had ups and downs. I mean X-Men Apocalypse, I know you like it Noel uh, other than Michael Fassbender in the forest, that film is a fucking train wreck for me. Uh but you know I, I from a Saturday morning cartoon uh, at level not levels. It, it sounds patronising. I don't mean that. I mean like it, in in the vein of a Saturday morning cartoon. I can see how you get enjoyment out of that film. Yeah. Whereas Logan is a film. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's you know, it doesn't have to be about like people with special powers. It just so happens to have those people in it. Um, yeah. And, and it just it's it's weird the evolution of these things. I mean, Marvel are going. Like as broad an audience as humanly possible, but with with mm. some pretty out there stuff in it as well. But making it manageable for a family, Fox are just kind of like we're we're just going to do our own thing. No, you can't have the rights back. We're just going to do some interesting shit. Chuck chuck everything at the wall. See sees what see what sticks. At the moment, everything's sticking. Apart from well, it's, so, it's like yeah. I say, is you know that that confidence a few years back was. Was not with Fox. Fox were yeah, yeah. Fox were scared and they were making mistakes. And now they've had a couple of hits and it's all looking in their favour. If you remember um, six or seven years ago, it was Warner Brothers who looked like the interesting party. They did the Losers and they did um, Watchmen and they had Jonah Hex come in and you know they had stuff in their past like v for vendetta and constantine that that was a little bit outside the sort of comic book world so they sort of looked like oh you know what you could get an interesting comic but maybe it's going to be warner brothers that do the interesting comic movies in the in the in the in the future and focus on story and stuff like that and look at the fucking garbage they're peddling now so 
it's it has been interesting to see Fox's because traditionally Fox has always been a, a studio that people have you know pointed the finger out for for the Alien franchise and stuff like that and just sort of said yeah they get too involved in their movies and they fuck everything up whereas maybe they are learning to trust their properties trust their di- trust their directors and just ease off a little bit on the uh, ease off the gas and not be looking over other people's shoulders maybe. Hmm. Yeah, um, are we, are we, are, it seems like we're kind of wrapped up on uh, on, on Logan. Um, I'm guessing we're all definitely not shit on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely not shit. I'll, I'll draw. I just wanted to draw attention to the one scene though that I particularly liked, and that was the scene in the in the hotel where um, in the casino sort of hotel where uh, Xavier is kind of. Uh, is he's uh, at his seizure and it's all sort of like um, like Logan's having to sort of fight his way back up to the to, I don't know if I don't know I've not read any reviews of Wolverine I don't know if that's something that anybody else particularly enjoyed or hated or whatever I thought it was fantastic I really yeah it, it, it was it was yeah it was a very sort of it was an action scene with barely any action in it yeah. which was great it felt yeah. it felt kind of right in the fact that we're watching a superhero movie about people who are no longer superheroes, and it was a it was another it was another uh, moment of you know because we've not talked about the violence like the mm. fucking the the uh, right from the outset that first scene around the the limousine oh. uh, it was like oh so, I mean I, I knew I knew there was going to be violence I knew there was going to be blood but when he's just I mean this is a guy with twelve inch knives on his fists like he's probably going to be stabbing people in the head with them. So it was great to actually finally see him just ramming his, 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 his claws through people's heads. And yeah, so there was a couple of great scenes of that. And, and just one other scene as well, much smaller. Um, but the moment where they're driving along and uh, oh my God. Wolverine turns around to, to, to him and says, have you taken your pills? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, open your mouth. I want to show. I want to see. And, he, uh, and Xavier goes, ah. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> it was just I, 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 really I thought you were seeing this this composed professor Xavier that we've known for all these years, just being being this crotchety old man. I'm fed up of people looking after me and telling me what to do. Sort of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I thought you would have mentioned the the scene that is was featured quite heavily in a lot of the promo bits, where I think where they're driving away from the, the house and it's all lit up and uh, Laura is it, has got the glasses on and Logan's in, I think he's in like a denim shirt, white shirt, just one hand on the thing and half asleep. I just uh, drive along and I just look at that going, that is such a fucking cool shot. That's a shot, yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah, I was just looking at it going, that's, yeah. That does sum up the film quite nicely as well. Like. It's, it's sort of, and you know, Bex sort of said, looked at him and went, after we talked about it, she said, "That's looks looks so much like a, a, a shot from Last of Us, but way fucking cooler because it's Hugh Jackman." Yeah, it's a good shot. There, there's, I, I heard the Last of Us comparisons going into this actually, and it's, um, I mean, yeah, it's there, but because you played the game, haven't you? I, I've watched it, I've not played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for some reason I played it twice I still don't quite know why to be honest PS3 and PS4? yeah yeah I don't know I just 
went through it again. I, I, I mean, I didn't even. I, I mean, like, I'm not as high on The Last of Us as an awful lot of people are, but yeah, I did PS4. So yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's the thing is, yeah, it's an older man and a younger girl, but Joel and Ellie and The Last of Us, you know, it, it it's dialogue. It, it's it's all. It's all dialogue. Um, this, it's not, because, you know, she doesn't say anything for the vast majority of the film. Um, it, it, I mean, that that's one thing that I w- maybe was a little uh, on, w- was the whole, you know, she's your daughter, Logan. It's like, well, no, kind of, but... I, I mean, it kind of felt like just trying to artificially add emotion. It couldn't just be... It's a girl who's very much like him, you know. Yeah. She was subject to the same, like to the same stuff, but as you know, but as a kid, not as a guy who went through the Weapon X program, you know. It, it's it, it, having the whole. It, it's your daughter. Well, you know, technically, it's not really. You know. Can I spin that? Can go, I spin that? Go, please do, please do. See now, I I I think for that spinning it perhaps a little bit, but for me, it was maybe. Um, Xavier's need to ensure that that this girl was looked after and she could go on because you know that the, the mutants have died the mutants have been the mutant they're the last of they are the last of us um and it's about it's about Xavier trying to sort of you know say to 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 Logan look she she's just like you she's part of you she you, she must go on these you know the 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 gene pool must go on, the mutants must go on and you must help guide her and, and push her on and ensure she exists and just almost forcing a connect. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they are forcing, forcing a connection, but maybe it's Xavier that's forcing yeah, that connection because of his in the story. Yeah. 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 I mean, I could be spinning, but that's, that's kind of how I would choose to, to see it. No, that's okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's fair, but, yeah, the the Last of Us comparisons I think are a little bit surface, um, but yeah, lazy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Christ, if you want a fucking film that invokes the Last of Us, the girl with all the gifts, the visuals in that fucking film are the Last of Us. Um, so you know, th- 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 there you go. Um, but yeah, yeah. Sorry, I kind of ended my point. Uh- well, our our audience vote was uh, definitely not shit, eighty six percent. Touching cloth five percent and shit nine percent. Oh, wow, how many votes? Oh, really? Mm. Uh, Twenty one. So, like, I'm, 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 what? Like two people thought? Uh, like, I'm I'm kind of guesstimating there. Like two people thought it was shit. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. I'd love to know why. I'm, yeah, I, I, I genuinely would love, love to know why. I don't just want to say, well, you're fucking wrong and you're knobheads. Because, you know, I, people might have reasons. But I, I always fall back on the, if you watched the marketing and you looked at the movie, you must have known what you're going in for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah so, um, right. Shall we chat some um, false moving um, that we yes. all three of us watched um, in a kind of remembrance of uh, Bill Paxton. Um, so one false move, uh, a uh, 1993 uh, thriller uh, written by Billy Bob Thornton, uh, also co-star as Billy Bob Thornton. Um, was this 
the film he had out after, or was it just before he won the Academy Award for Sling Blade? I think it was before, wasn't it? 93 it just be- sounds pretty early. Yeah, Sling Blade was, I think it was 94, wasn't it? I need to fucking check this now. Um, yeah, Sling Blade was 96, so yeah, it was quite, a bit, quite a bit before, yeah. Yeah, um, so this was before, kind of, we, I think we can say that Billy Thornton was the name that he is now. Uh, directed by Carl uh, Franklin uh, and stars Bill Paxton, um, Cynthia Williams, uh, Michael Beach, uh, and a few kind of other kind of character actors that crop up in bits. Um, film starts out, we've got uh, criminals break into a house, they're looking for some drugs they take. Um, she's called Fantasia, isn't she? Uh, in the film, we've got two names, uh, Cindy Williams, Fantasia and Lila. Lila. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, they take her um, and find that she's uh, helped them uncover some uh, stash of drugs. And then Billy Bob Thornton and Pluto. <laughs> Bob Thornton's Ray and Pluto, a great name for a, <laughs> a bad guy. Uh, and then travelling to try and sell them. Uh, and they're going to go through... Uh, the town that Bill, uh, that Bill Paxton is the sheriff for, or the police chief. Uh, the FBI go there, and he's kind of a bit of a hot shot. Is he called? I'm right in thinking everyone calls him Hurricane, don't they? Yeah. Hurricane, yeah. Yeah. So I watched this, and I was full of cold, and I was high as fuck on cold medication. <laughs> so I can remember the film, but then trying to actually explain it is, is proving quite difficult. Um, so, Ian, what did you think of uh, One False Move? Yeah, so, I mean, I'd, I'd never heard of this film, frankly, um, before um, Bill Paxton's passing. But, I know, yeah, I, I think, as you said earlier, Mark, people kind of had been talking on the internet about it. I know uh, Pete, Peter Bradshaw in The Guardian had highlighted it as a particular favourite of his as well. Um and yeah, I mean it, it's it's solid. Uh, I you know I enjoyed it. Um, I, I all spoilers all the time. Then um, I, I I had some issues with the third act. I felt that um, the connection that Bill Paxton had with Fantasia was I I don't know. I I it it, it felt artificial to me. Um, it kind of just felt like, right, yeah, we're going to have this happen. And it was weird because by the end of the film, I didn't know what the film thought we were supposed to, like how the film thought we were supposed to interpret him as a character. And I mean, mm. maybe that's a point, but, you know, is he a, a you know, a, a good old boy sheriff who made, like, made a mistake, but is a good man really? Or is he someone who hides behind his image but actually he's quite weak I, I don't know um and it, it kind of sledgehammered its way in whereas the first hour and a quarter or so was quite a good procedural uh yeah you know and so i, I i'm intrigued to see what you see what you see for that also the the the, the, the girl was hot was terrible um but yeah <laughs> no what did you think I would agree wholeheart everything that Ian just said is exactly what I think. Um I, I really I was really, really enjoying it. Um I I came to this purely because it was um a film I'd never heard of before. I love a nineties thriller like you, Mark, because you know, um I, I really enjoy Bill Paxton, so I'm not sure how this kind of has passed me by, especially finding out that it is a film that, you know, people uh, are quite fond of. So uh, I was keen to check it out. Um, loved Bill 
Paxton's character in it uh, and love the procedural element that was going on it. The, the opening scene or the opening sort of drug uh, rip-off scene uh, is, is really quite violent and really quite nasty. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that because uh, I'm a twat. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, as the film goes on, that sort of third act when you find out the connection between um, Bill Paxton's character and um, Fantasia, it it does sort of muddy things a little bit and it, it does make you sort of um, question what, you know, the, the idea of this this guy that they call Hurricane, they call him Hurricane basically because he's a bit full on and he's a bit difficult to be around and you have to know how to um, how to cope with him a little bit because he's a bit sort of a bit over keen and he's, he's, he's a lovely guy, but he's a bit too, uh, you know, and, and you, you learn that there's a sort of, there's another side to that where he's actually quite, um, there's a brilliant scene in it where, you know, the two sort of lead detectives, uh, have a conversation in a cafe and he's listening and you can kind of see how hurt he is that they kind of think he's a joke. Um, and that's absolutely brilliant. Like seeing that extra side to him is absolutely brilliant. But then when you introduce the idea that he's a sort of, he's possibly slightly racist and a borderline pedophile, then mm. it's like, oh, okay. Um, and then to sort of jam in the the resolution in the last scene of him sort of want, suddenly wanting to, to, to speak to his child as he dies and he, he's kind of realized something, it is a bit, it felt like they jammed an awful lot into that last uh, half hour when they kind of didn't need to because it just sort of muddied the characters and I don't know if I gained anything more really there. I would have just liked to have seen it resolve. Because, um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, it's like the first two thirds of the film, it's this kind of tension of him like kind of going like, you know, I want to be a big shit hot mm. kind of cop. And his wife has that scene with the uh, with the one agent guy where she's like, you know, I you know basically I want him to come home at night. I want him to yeah. be a dad, you know. Mm. And then that that kind of comes to nothing. And the scene where they're taking the piss out of him, that comes to nothing. I mean, they barely those characters barely have a scene again with him for the rest of the yeah. film. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it's odd. It feels like the last third of the film is almost another film barging into this one. Mm. Um, I, I, do you sort of I, lose yeah. that? You do sort of lose that sort of, cause he comes across in the first, uh, the first half of the film or the first couple of acts as this sort of, um, he's like a, a puppy basically. Yeah, he's like yeah. a, you know, he's a, he's a big over keen sort of puppy and he just, he really wants to prove himself and he really wants to sort of like, you know, he, play up to the guy to the big shot LA cops that are in town for this thing. And it, that's a really interesting character and seeing his wife in that scene that you mentioned as well, where you can't, where she sort of underlines that and goes, don't fuck around with him. Cause he's, he's got a big heart and he, he thinks you're the bee's knees and don't just fuck around with that because he's got to come home and he's got kids to look after and stuff like that. That makes it a really interesting character, but I think you're right. I think he just gets a bit muddy towards the end. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm pretty much on the on the same kind of thing. It's um, it starts out with a lot of a lot of promise, um, and it introduces the characters really well. Um, the opening, like you say, the opening scene is nice. It's got a nastiness to it, 
which was um, sort of quite prevalent in these um, these type of thrillers. This, the, the, when I was saying earlier, when we were talking about Logan, I was saying about the the mid budget um, thrillers we used to get. This is the sort of film I was I was meaning, um, and it, it felt there was a an ickiness to it that that kind of that worked, and then it pulls you in across to the you have the procedural element uh, that came in there. So it had the it had kind of the nastiness of a freaking movie. Then it had the procedural um, sort of meticulousness of, of, of a man movie. Um, and then it kind of took you into Bill Paxton's character. Bill Paxton's character was was, was very good. And the scene, like I said, the, the scene in the, what is it, where you see him and he's behind and you can see it, it, it's hurting him. And the fact that he doesn't just ignore it and act like it, it he hasn't heard it or he doesn't yeah. storm out or create a scene. He just... He basically shows them, look, uh, there was no need for that without telling him it was but just kind of gets on and realises, do you know what? I'm happy in my world. I'm fucking king of my world. Maybe uh, maybe it's better to be king of my world than fucking <laughs> a jester in yours. Yeah. And th- th- there's, there's that element to it. But then it does start to... It does start to lose its way as it gets muddled. I think it is, is the best way to to describe it as it goes along because you are kind of he works better as just a guy with a lot of enthusiasm who's bright enough to be where he is where he is but you take him out of that and he's nowhere near bright enough to to, to go beyond uh, that works very well um, yes the girl uh, Cindy Williams who plays Fantasia is not great I think she was actually married to uh, Billy Bob Thornton at the time right okay. which which kind of what is it? it the, this also backs up my thing with Billy Bob Thornton is Billy Bob Thornton isn't that good an actor people just think he is because of a, because he's been good in a few things Fargo being one of them I couldn't get on that well with Fargo. I found it hard to get through the first series. But I admit that Billy Bob Thornton's good in it. But that's because I think he is just kind of playing Billy Bob Thornton a little bit. I just think Billy Bob Thornton's a little bit like that. Well, yeah, he plays this type of thing really, really well. I wouldn't want to see his Hamlet. Yeah, but he's he's fine (laughs) in this, but it is a little bit... That's it. It is, it's true. He doesn't stretch his limits. Yeah, um, funny. but I think even this, well, like the lead actress, a little bit. Yeah, she stretched the limits quite. I was sort of screaming towards the end of it. I hope he fucking shoots in the face just to shut her up. Do you know what? I think you've touched on the. I think the important thing there is is maybe that the last act as well becomes less about. I mean, it's still about uh, Bill Paxton's character in a totally different way. And it's also expanding on the character of Fantasia, and you're not—you're learning more about the fact you're not just—you're not just seeing some stupid girl who's gotten involved with the wrong crowd and going to get herself killed. It's about oh, she's damaged because of this relationship that she had, and because of this son that she's uh, not, she hasn't seen for like four, four or five years, which makes it very difficult to to feel for her or hope that she gets any kind of resolution. So I think the fact that she, her character is a little bit weak and dislikable and she's being played by someone who isn't the greatest actress in the world. That doesn't help the final act either. I don't think. No, no. I think that's what it all kind of boils down to. It's, it's strange. I think that <coughs> it's the sort of movie where 
I can see why in the context people have gone to it and said, ah, oh, this is one of his, 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 his great moments. And I can see why also people went to, um, what's it? Ah, oh, fuck, frailty as well, because, you know, he, he wrote and directed that. But I do feel a little bit like with this, there's, there's better movies than this, uh, than One False Move, to kind of hold up to light and say, hey, does everyone remember this? You know, you can throw near dark into that. I, I would I would also throw a fucking trespass into it. Um, or even something like A Simple Plan, which I don't think enough people saw, um, that are all kind of great movies. I, yeah. I, I, I really I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I've watched One False Move. Uh, but when it's, when it's been held up against kind of like the, some of the late 80s movies of its of its kind and the early 90s movies of its kind, it's kind of like, do you know what? It's it's not as good as something like um, Lone Star or To Live and Die in LA or anything like that. It, it doesn't quite have that level um, that's there. It's It's good, but it's not, it's not quite good enough for me. Or even something like, um, is it the same year? Um, I think it maybe was 93. Uh, the Brad Pitt movie, California. Um, something like that. Uh, it just doesn't quite, it didn't quite tick as many of those 90s thriller boxes as, as, as I was hoping it was going to. Uh, but I did still, uh, did still enjoy it. Anything else anyone's got to say on that? So I, I, I still count as a definitely not shit. Oh, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I, I would maybe I would maybe go for Frailty more, to be honest. Um, Which you watched this, this, this week, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I, I was the only one who watched it, like, this week, wasn't I? Yes, I, I watched it um, about a month or two ago. Yeah, okay, so um, while Noel um, takes a break for a second, I may as well just um, kind of talk about this briefly. So, yeah, I'd, I'd never seen Frailty, um, and I was asked to um, kind of uh, do a review for one of the sites I wrote for. So uh, it's on Netflix, um, and yeah, uh, I, I, I think Bill Paxton had, had a really interesting filmmaking um sensibility really i mean the, the the story is uh essentially matthew mcconaughey walks into a police station um speaks to powers booth who's the like the, the sheriff i think or the like just it, i don't know senior guy there basically says um the god's hand killer i i, I know who it is and the god's hand killer was essentially responsible for a bunch of murders and uh, Matthew McConaughey kind of goes into flashback mode, tells the story of uh, his uh, brother and his dad, his dad played by Bill Paxton, who also, who also directed the film. Um, his dad uh, ha- is spoken to by God, he says, one night, and is given a list of people to kill, uh, or like demons. Uh, basically, he touches them and is able to see, uh, or so he says, what uh, their, their sins, essentially, and why they should be uh, killed. And it's essentially the son, uh, one of the sons being um, disbelieving, one of them believing the the father, and the father do like doing this 
but running into trouble with the son um, because of his uh, the son not believing him. So he's torn between his god and his son, essentially. Um, and then there's there's some twisty stuff in the third act. So yeah, uh, the, 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 what I like about it is the fact that it, it is really matter of fact. Like it's it's pretty dark stuff, but it's. At the base of it, it's a family drama about um, the the breakup of a, a father and two and his two sons, uh, and it, and it's played very, very well. Um, I like the fact that Bill Paxton's character is rational throughout. He does he like apart from the things that he is saying, he doesn't appear to be mad, but the stuff he's saying is fucking crazy. Um, so it, it 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 it's the whole film is is basically predicated on is is it real or is it not and obviously I I won't say that here for anyone who hasn't watched the film but um, the 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 wrap up to the story is interesting. Um, mm. There is some casting in the film which I think maybe says something about the nature of that character. Um, uh, yeah. I, 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 maybe you know what I'm talking about, Mark. Um, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, so, I, I think I think when I spoke about it on the show uh, when we watched, it, I think I said I think I I, I said this, a, a very similar thing. Yeah. Um, some somebody in the present day sequences. Yeah. 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 So that was a shame. Um, slightly uninspired casting there, though the person does a good job. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. It's a small film, um, but you know, it was, it was out maybe a little bit beforehand, but before like a film like identity, which is like quite a, like it's quite a trashy version of a similar kind, a, a kind of feel Whereas this yeah. is, is this isn't classy, but it's it's more adult. Um, I did see. I didn't see. Was it was it Identity directed by James Mangold as well? Uh, no, I thought it was Nimrod Antal. Don't no, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see James Mangold. Shut the fuck up! Really? I didn't see with John Cusack. Yeah. Yeah, he's directed by James Mangold. Really? Fuck! Look at that. We just. Sure Fucking seamless with all these. I really like identity. What the fuck did Nimrod Antal? Of course, know? I really like identity. Yeah, of course you do. What the fuck did Nimrod Antal? It was the one with um, oh, is it Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale? I want to say. Oh, um, where they go to a hotel? Oh, the hotel one, and they're being filmed. Frank Wayne's in it as well. Vacancy, vacancy yes. Vacancy. That, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going vacancy identity. Like, you could probably see where my... And they are set in a very similar setting. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay, all right, I'm not going mad then. All right. Fuck me, well, you are, not directed that. Identity. Jesus. Yeah, I know, all right. Did he do Walk the Line as well? He did do Walk the Line, yeah, and he's now apparently looking at working on a Springsteen biopic. God damn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, Logan's the kind of film where you feel like it's going to give him enough goodwill that he'll get to do a one for me now? Well, actually, his, 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 his CVs. Copland, Girl Interrupted. Yep. What the like? Three Tents of Humour, I've not seen, but I know people like. Three Tents of Humour is... Three Tents of Humour is great. 
330 U was great. 330 U was great because at the time it was like, oh, look, it's Russell Crowe and Batman in a fucking movie. It's fantastic. And then Ben Foster just fucking steals it off both of them. Yeah, yeah, he does. That Ben Foster is cool as fucking that movie. Yeah, he is. That, that's a fucking... Seriously, no, that's a good, like, Sunday night film. It's 310 to Yuma, fair play. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 310 to Yuma's a really, a really solid Western. Honestly. Yeah, I seem I, I seem to remember fancying it, and I know it got. I know people really like it. It's just sort of passed me by. And, yeah, I'll keep an eye out for it. Um, but, yeah, so uh, that's... That's frailty. It's worth it. That's frailty. Um, cool. Yeah. Good. Uh, right. Um, what we've been watching then. Um, oh, actually, first thing beforehand, um, Bill Paxton, what's the first film that comes to your mind? Weird Science. Weird Science, yeah. It's chatting Weird Science. Every t- No question. <laughs> He's, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, obviously, Bill Paxton, we all, we all appreciate him as an actor for... He's... You know, for all the big, for all the big stuff, the for alien stuff, predator stuff, you know, everything else. But for me, Weird Science is a key film in my life, and mm-hmm. the, I remember just loving him and hating him as a, as a child, as 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 Chet. Uh, he's he's so good in that. And as, <laughs> as I tweeted, as I tweeted at the time as well, when I found out about him dying, I've opened doors like that my entire life because of him. <laughs> And people, and my parents have screamed at me to, to not open doors like that. And, and I've been like, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I still do that today. Um, and I will continue to open doors like Chet from, from Weird Science for the rest of my life. Um, not all the time, because that would be weird. But, you know, just when, when the mood takes me. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, that, that's what I can absolutely, yeah, say I've done the same. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it was Chet. Yeah, that, that came straight into my mind, which I, I like. I like the fact that it was Chet. And I'm just, I've kind of had a flick through his, his his CV over the past sort of few days and looked at it and gone, do you know what? There's, there's there's some great films and there's some great performances in there, and it, it just shows. But the the, the the fucking different genres and everything is just insane. And also the fact that he, he didn't start out being an actor. He started out being like a set designer and a set dresser. Um, and it, 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 it's obvious in the sheer amount of movies the guy made that he just loved being in and around movies. Mm. And it's cool that you that somebody managed to <coughs> be in some of the movies that he was in and be you know as you know as big a star as he was when he wasn't the most conventional of actors. He was a really interesting actor. He wasn't the most. I think conventional is the best word I can use to describe it. Of actors that. He's so well thought of uh, for that. He's just fantastic. But yeah, it was it was checked for me. What was it for you, Ian? Well, Bill Paxton. Um, I mean, yeah. like, it, uh, uh, I, uh, to be honest, Aliens. I'm sorry. I, I, it, 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 it's it's a it's a fucking great answer, isn't it? That's yeah, nice. yeah. I mean, it just it feels really unoriginal. I wish I could say something cool, but nah. I mean, like Christ. I used to play. I used to play Aliens. Um, down in in like a park with like m- like my friends when I was like eight or nine, you know what I mean? Like it had a it, it, it had a big Bill Paxton in that film had a big impact on me in my youth, and uh, yeah yeah. So there you go. But I mean, it kind of it, it almost feels like he would be annoyed that that's the answer. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I don't think he, he, he would because I saw a thing about him saying um, that he, he used to still love it even after all these years of people coming up to him and saying game over man game over he's oh really okay well, love it and he, he liked it he, it was he, he was just one of those guys who was like do you know what why would it it helped make my career why the fuck would I what is it Okay. See if it was if it was me if I'd have bumped into him I would have made sure I had a cup of coffee in my hand and I would have gone up to him and gone do you spin in this and see if he uh, <laughs> appreciated that <laughs> yeah um, right uh, no what have you been watching uh, nothing TV <laughs> nothing. TV Ian um, what have you been up. watching uh, I watched Train to Busan is it oh. is it is it as good as everyone says it is, or is it a little bit the best horror right? movie ever made, Ian? Is it the best horror? Tell us it's the best horror movie ever made. It's the best horror movie ever oh, made. I knew it. <laughs> Until next week. Until next week with Key and Peele make horror movies, whoever yeah. the fuck they are. Yeah. Um, so... They're the people behind Keanu. Oh. oh, right, okay. Yeah. Which we actually quite enjoyed. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I liked I liked Johnny. Um Yeah, no, Train to Busan. Um, it's all right. Um, it's long. It's like an hour. Of course, and it is Korean. Yeah, I mean that's it's South Korean. And it's a so. train. <laughs> Boom. Very good. Um, I mean, it's under two hours, so I suppose that isn't long for for a South Korean film, but it feels like it should no, be it's eight not five actually. minutes. Um, so basically, story is a zombie outbreak starting. There's a, uh, a guy is taking his daughter to uh, see her mother, um, and he's been a bit of a neglectful dad. Um, uh, as the train's leaving uh, with non-infected people, an infected woman just like gets onto the train. Uh, the virus spreads through the train, and uh, basically people are trying to get away from the hordes of zombies. Um, most interesting thing about it for me was it copies the uh, World War Z uh, visual of the like almost like a wave of zombies like they're just all throwing themselves at like the intended victims and then others are like kind of like running up over them so it's almost it's like li- almost a literal wave of zombies coming towards you um, they do that a few times and it's um, it is interesting. Um, but other than that, it's stock characters um, getting killed off one by one with a kind of a clockwork regularity. Um, it's fine. It, it's fine. Um, I what uh, I watched it in circumstances that maybe weren't the best for. I, I had some bad personal news this week, and uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I watched it in a situation where it probably wasn't the best thing to watch, given the circumstances. So if I'd had a couple of beers or something, and it was a Friday night, my thoughts on it would have been a bit different. But it, it, it was what it was. Um, it's fine. Um, it's just, if you go in expecting the best thing since sliced bread, then maybe just temper those expectations a bit. Fright Fest, nine o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah, sure. Pretty much any other, like sitting by yourself at home, maybe not so much. That might be the cool. way of that might be the way of saying it. Um, what's a couple other things since we recorded? Um, Cure for Wellness. I spoke about it briefly and playing it forward, but Mental. Uh, the last twenty minutes or so are hilariously gonzo. 
Um, it's kind of restrained for the first hour 45 or so, and then just goes nuts. Um, but Jason Isaacs is very... He, he gets the tone of the material so perfectly. It's brilliant. Um, it's basically Shutter Island, but then it kind of almost goes like Italian 70s horror in the last bit. And I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I, I, I'm amazed that Gore Verbinski was able to spend $40 million on this project. I'm amazed. Um it bombed. It did really badly, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm surprised. I wish it was shorter, but that, I mean, it looks phenomenal. The score's great, and yeah, the last twenty twenty five minutes, nuts, uh, and and uh, it, awesomely so. It's just you do have to get through some stuff to get there. Um, and uh, last thing I'm, I'm going to talk about voodoo which was a film I was showing you guys screen caps of on WhatsApp about a week and a half ago. Oh, yes. Um, which is fucking... Um, it's so bad. Um, I, 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 it was a screener I was reviewing, um, and it's so bad. It's basically it's a found footage film. Hick girl goes to LA to stay with a friend of hers, um, has been cursed by uh, a voodoo priestess woman, because she got with her man. Um, so the first 40 minutes or so are her and her friend going around LA. Ron Jeremy's in it for some reason. Um, and then uh, she literally goes to hell. And for some reason, a demon is still doing the found footage stuff. So she's just kind of like getting ushered from place to place being tortured while this demon like ev- ev- like in between it is going, you haven't seen the worst of it yet. Oh, you're, we're going to do things to you. And it, I mean, it's like, right. And this looks like it cost 30 pounds. Um, <laughs> it looks like it was shot in someone's garage with some like curtains put up. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I staggered. staggered. How did you come to this? Uh, it was a, it was a screener, screener link I got uh-huh. sent by, uh, by Stuart at Screen Jabber, and he was like, right. "Do you want to take a look at this?" It was like, "Fuck it, yeah, why not?" Because I'm an idiot. But the thing is, <laughs> I, I, lo- I love the fact that people give me an opportunity to write for sites and stuff. I do seem to be the VO, VOD horror person. <laughs> that's kind of all I ever seem to get assigned and yeah yeah the thing is it's you know we're, we're we're a long way away from what we you know that like I spoke about on the play it forward stuff where it's like we used to go to horror movie festivals we used to, I used to get screeners for the for the film festival around and you know eat sleep live film we used to get sent screeners and stuff like that and it's mm-hmm. We don't do as much of that anymore, so it's kind. Is it is it kind of good that you still get the opportunity to just watch random oh. fucking sh- just big shit a lot of the time, no, but I just mean, just agree, something I, I, you'd never have come across on your own by choice. No, I mean no. I I mean I agree to it. You know what I mean? Like I could easily say no, I don't fancy it. Cheers. And I'm um, actually I've been I've, I've been sent one cat fight. Sandra O oh and Anne Hesh. 
like having a that rivalry. sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, having a rivalry <laughs> through the decades. Apparently, I'm all over it. Yes, you know, I, I think I'm going to be watching that this week, and I'm quite looking forward to it. So I'm, you know, I am literally right now looking at going. Why, why, why can't I watch that right now? There you go. Um, so um, yeah, I uh, Silverstones in it. Sorry, yeah, Alicia, Alicia Silverstones in it as well. Yeah, and yeah. Dylan Baker. Good cast. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. I, you know, it's just the fact that it's almost like I'm just thinking, if anything, it will be fodder for my bottom of the year list when I watch a film like this. Um, but, I mean, it's just like, it was 80 minutes long, and I just, I wish I did, I spent those 80 minutes doing something else. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, so uh, yeah, but I, I I get what you mean, though, and like, yeah, I mean, I don't do nearly as much writing as I used to, um, but I do like to still, you know, keep keep my voice out there, you know. Um, but yeah, Voodoo, it's fucking terrible. It was released on US VOD. I don't think it's even got UK distribution. Someone will probably release it, um, but fucking God help you if you watch it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> cool right uh, I'll just r- quickly rattle through through mine that I watched uh, this week then um, I rewatched Jawbreaker because Becky wanted to watch it because she'd never seen it um, that film has aged horribly um, yeah have you, you guys ever seen this don't even know what it is but oh, I'm intrigued I don't know what it is you've never seen Jawbreaker it's a 1999 black comedy movie um, starring uh, Rose McGowan, Rose McGowan uh, Rebecca Gayhart, Julie Benz and Judy Greer and also has uh, Carol Keane uh, Kane and Pam Greer in it as well Judy Greer, uh, Pam Greer plays yep okay. Pam yeah, Greer plays a badass cop um, so it's quite inspired by Heathers um, so at the start of the movie Wow, um, that looks like a 90s film, that does. It does look so <laughs> 90s. Um, fuck. You've got Rose McGowan, uh, Rebecca Gerhardt, Julie Benz, and an actress who is literally in Never Speaks in the film. Um, they play, the four of them are like the, the queens of the school, etc. Fuck you know that um, Sorry, I know. I'm just. <laughs> that's so 90s, incredible. That is an assault on the eyes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the entire film is that colour. Right. Um, Got Tatiana Ali in it as well. Yes, she's she's, she's PJ she's Souls a, and Marilyn Manson. Yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How nineties is this movie? Fuck. William Cat. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> William Cat's in it. Sorry, did you just mention all these people? Or are these extra? No, people? no, these are extra people. Oh hell. The Donners. Uh, all of the Donners. Uh, the, all the Donners. Yeah, they're the band are in it. Wow. Uh, they, they, they play the prom. Wow, depending on what you're about to say, I want to see this. Yeah, so do, no, do you know what? I, I get the you feeling you can say it's great as well. Um, it's it horribly. It's not a right. It's not a good movie, but it's also not a bad movie. It it's worth watching for the fact that it's 85 minutes long. Um, start of the movie, they decide every birthday they're going to play a prank on each other. Um, so they play a prank on. One of their friends, who is like the, she's seen as the nice one uh, of, of their group of friends, um, and they kidnap her, uh, put her in the back of a car, and then they take her somewhere. And they're going to play a lot of tricks on her. Uh, the only trouble is that when they kidnap her to 
gag her, they put a jawbreaker in her mouth and put tape over her mouth and she suffocates to death. Uh, and then they decide to cover it up. Um, however, Judy Greer's character, um, and she plays a character uh, called uh, Fern Mayo, um, finds out that that's what's happened. Um, and to kind of buy her silence... Um, the gang then decide that they're going to essentially turn her into the girl's replacement in buying off her silence. And then obviously she becomes a whole new monster. So it's a little bit like Heather's meets Clueless, uh, which essentially is like the whole remit of the film uh, smushed together. Uh, if you've not seen it, there's enough there um, that you will, you'll probably enjoy it on a first watch. Rewatching it on a rewatch you kind of go, yeah, I, I, I don't need to watch this again. I've remembered all of the good bits. And all I'm now noticing are the fact that this is just an assault of 90s-ness on me. Um, but I'm watching the trailer now and I need it. If you've never seen it before, <laughs> it, 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 it's worth watching. I need that. Is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, what, you, you, you can track it down, is what I'll say. Oh, yeah. It's um, Amazon Video, apparently. It's not on Amazon Prime, though. How is it not? No, I don't, unless it's unless it's come on in the past few days. I'll acquire it. Uh, yeah, it, it's acquirable. Um, it might say DVD, but, it, but it's all right. <laughs> uh, I also watched Rising Sun, uh, which again we were talking about with um, One Force Move, that kind of wave of 90s thrillers we got. Um, this one's by Philip Kaufman, uh, stars uh, Sean Connery, Wesley Snipes, uh, Harvey Keitel, Ray Wise is also in there. Um, I'd, I'd seen it years ago back on VHS on um, VHS and kind of enjoyed it, rewatched it. Um, I'm not going to speak too much about it because, you know, fuck, it's um, it's been um, it's been out for 25 years, no, 20 odd years, so. There's not really that much to talk about it, to be honest. It's all right, but it's that phase of Sean Connery being in films where he had to be the best person in every scene and he had to be a badass and he had to be the most, the smartest, blah, 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 blah. And it just, it got a little bit old in this. Uh, it felt a little bit like, do you know what? This period, Wesley Snipes is the biggest star than Sean Connery. So he should... He should pull a little bit more focus. Um, two films left, ones that I want to talk about a little bit more. Uh, one that I know I think you guys watched, we'll talk about that afterwards. Uh, I watched a film called Pet, um, stars Dominic, Dominic Monaghan. Monaghan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, it was actually recommended to me by uh, somebody I work with. Um, she said she'd seen it and said it sounded like the sort of thing I'd, I'd quite like. So I watched the trailer and was like, do you know what? Yeah, it does look like the sort of thing I'd quite like. Um, if you, I think you've not watched this, Ian. No, no, no. I know of it. I'm, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I was going to say, about, if you'd yeah. watched it, I, I'm sure you'd have you'd have mentioned it on the show, and I'd have been like, oh, right, yeah, I'll give that a go. Um, and, and you, do you know anything about this one? No, though? nothing at all. No. Right. Uh, well, it's Dominic Monaghan works in a uh, a kennels, um, and he develops a bit of an obsession with a girl he went to school with uh, that he sees on a um, a bus. And then starts kind of cyber stalking her and actually stalking her in, in real life. Um, and then from there, uh, she kind of embarrasses him and basically says that she, you know, she wants nothing to do with him and to stop stalking him. And then all of a sudden, she 
wakes up in a cage that he's made um, in the basement of the uh, kennels that he works in. And he's then starts telling that he's he's saving her. Um, but then it starts to... You, you think that that he's saving her and he's gone a little bit mad, which he clearly has, but he's saving her from, you know, from what, you know, that he's trying to save her from being a dick to him or anything like that. And it starts to unravel that actually he's saving her from something else and saving other people from other stuff. And it kind of, where you think it's going, it starts going in completely different directions. And it just keeps on doing that throughout the film. And, um, it's, 95 minutes long, which is exactly the right amount of time. Um, the cast are all solid enough in it, and it's it's the sort of thing that and we, we say it quite a lot of horror films. If this was the fucking nine o'clock movie at Fright Fest on a Saturday night, you'd come out of it going, yeah, like that. It's suitably seedy enough and grimy enough, and it's got enough gore in it, and it's it's a little bit kind of twisted that it, it's good. The girl who plays uh, Holly. Um, Kenzie Solo is is very good in it. Um, she's yeah, she has a, a little touch of just fucking oh, she's a bit evil at points in it. It's 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 good, and I'd I'd, I'd recommend I'd recommend giving it a go. It's easily worth a watch. Oh, cool. Uh, and the final one is Bad Moms. Did you guys I mentioned this that you watched it? I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Right. What did you guys think? Yeah, it was alright. I, I, it's okay, I, I guess. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, it was it, it was funny enough. Um, I thought um, Catherine Hahn was way too big in it. She went too far, and every there was a joke that she was telling. You were thinking, right? This is funny. Yeah, it's not funny anymore. You've gone too far. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I kind of kind of enjoyed it. Um, there's nothing to say about Bad Moms because there's there's nothing there at all other than the fact that it, it's all right. It's all right, uh, but I am very, very aware of the fact that we've run run over what we usually go on, <laughs> um, and I don't want to be keeping people from children. Um, so, questions. Uh, we do have a couple, I think. Oh, do I? Let me have a look. Uh, we've one. Sorry, uh, Ian Dickey uh, at Dickey uh, Ian um, on Twitter says. What film would you most like to see on the big screen? I watched 2001 recently, and it was wonderful. Um, I, this this film's kind of come up... I think this question's come up for me before, maybe not on this, maybe back on Heroes or something. I think uh, I asked this on Heroes. Oh, did you? Oh, I think I did, yeah. <laughs> um, but the answer I have given in the past for this is I would love to see uh, Demons in a cinema. Um, oh, I saw Demons in a cinema. Oh, yeah? yeah. It's just about, you know, the, the film is set in a cinema and it's about sort of demons running amok in a cinema. I would love the opportunity to... I actually suggested it when, when I was back at... Uh, when I was running... Uh, was involved in Fright Fest. Mm. Um, but it never kind of came up for whatever reason. I think there was a rights issue because Arrow were about to release the Blu-ray or something. I don't know. I, uh, I introduced the um, Arrow... Um, presentation of it they did like a when they did it uh when they released demons on um blu-ray um they showed it in a few of the picture houses uh, and i introduced the one in york right i I didn't know i was supposed to be introducing it i just turned up and dave the the programmer just went 
oh, you're introducing this, aren't you? And I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> but the other, the other reason, the other reason as well was um, I would have liked to have said because you, you guys came to Fright Fest, uh, sorry, Grimfest, um, the year that we had it at the Dance House Studio. So yes. I would have liked to have seen it in that that cinema as well because it's kind of a sort of it's a it's an old ballet school. So I actually suggested either Suspiria or Demons because it's an old ballet school that's kind of run down and it's mm. kind of got a hall. A very old sort of classic um, theatre in there where, where we screen the films, but it's kind of run down as well. Um, I just uh, it would have been really nice to see either Demons or Suspiria in, in that venue, and we just didn't we didn't do it. I'm sure they've shown those films by now because they show a lot of films, but um, I would have liked the opportunity to to screen Demons there. Mm. Ian, have you got one? Try to think. I've I, I've caught a lot of mine that I, that I would have liked to see. Like I, I've, I've seen Taxi Driver, I've uh, seen Apocalypse Now a few times in the cinema, um, all the different cuts of it. Um, I mean, it's it's good because I just keep an eye on the um, city screen, show a lot of these things. Um, I'd always like to have seen uh, Once Upon a Time in America on the big screen. Uh, I'm going to see Goodfellas on Thursday morning because um, that played today. Um, at City Screen, uh, but then they're showing also a, a screen of it on Thursday morning. Um, I'd love to see Streets of Fire on the big screen, um, and also, ooh, I think what else? I hope I get a chance to see Alien on the big screen. I know they did, you know, the Alien Director's Cut was in cinemas, you know, years ago, but yeah, I. I saw Alien and Aliens on big screen. Yeah, like a thirty-five millimeter would be would be lovely. Um, I mean, mm. like I, I saw Vertigo um, on the big screen, and that was awesome. Play a what with me? Oh, that's a good shout as well. I'd love to see that on the big screen. That's first mm. Blood. Never seen First Blood on the big screen. I'd love to see that on the big screen. Um, I mean, like the good, the bad, and the ugly would be pretty sweet, just because that's it fucking. Is. That's like a just take the whole afternoon or evening and just wallow in it kind yeah. of thing. And, and 2001, I've seen the big screen. That's, that does look superb on the big screen. It's, oh, it's fantastic. Um, I, would quite like to have, I would like, quite like to have seen Drive on the big screen as well, actually. I never saw that on the big screen. Did you know what? I, I no. saw it, uh, twice. I don't um, think I did. I don't think well, I did. Weirdly, I was, I was looking at something for uh, Lawrence of Arabia the other day. It popped up. I don't know why. But I had a look and there was screening. BFI were doing <clears> screenings and there was a couple of screenings across picture houses. And I remember something that Ian had said that he would like to watch um, the first time he watched Lawrence of Arabia. He'd like it to be on a big screen. And I was sort of looking at it going, fucking, why aren't there a picture house in Cardiff? I could be messaging Ian right now saying, Ian, picture house, fucking Cardiff. But the fucking imp one still, is there? Nope. Yeah, so I, I did look to see the ones, but they're in. Um, so yeah, that was questions. Uh, that was Twitter questions. Thank you much for that. That was a good one. Uh, Ian, what are we covering next week? Uh, Kong. It's bloody Kong. Kong. Of it is. Yes, Apocalypse Kong. Bloody <laughs> shitting Kong already. Um, reviews seem wow. to be generally good. I know the Guardian's giving it one out of five, which is probably a good sign. So a dick Guardian. It just Peter Bradshaw could be a minge-faced joy oh. assassin at times. Um, so yeah. 
we shall see. We shall see. Uh, but yes, con. Con! Yes, very much looking forward to that. Um, cool. Uh, anything else to add, folks? Not at all. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that was that was episode 198, where um, travelling fast to number 200 uh, here. Ooh. Uh, Fucking hell, yeah. Up. Jesus Christ, two away. Buggy, bloody hell. Yep. <laughs> wow, that's insane. Um, so yes, as well, thank you much for listening. Uh, Dudamonkey.com. Uh, I know I've got two things that are going up there this week um, on the actual site. I've actually had some time to actually write. Uh, I might actually be doing, I'm, I'm actually away the week after next as well. I'll have loads of time, so I might actually write a few things for the site. Uh, nice. If Becky won't kill me for doing that. Um, so, yeah, uh, so dudemonkey.com, uh, at dudemonkey on Twitter, at dudefoz, at filmran, at Ian Loring. Uh, is there anything else I'm forgetting? I think we're good. Cool. Good. Right, thank you for listening, folks. Uh, thank you very much, as ever, yeah, no, for joining not. us. Thanks for having um, me, gents. And we shall speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Cool. Yeah.